All right, guys, so we're going to close up our series tonight called Fellowship, okay? We've been specifically talking about the power of fellowship as a church in whole, all right? We've been talking about fellowship as a church in whole. Uh, if you've been in the English service, you've heard us all talking about it. Up here, we've been talking about it as well. Um, and our verse that we've been going from this month is found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is what the Bible says, okay? It says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light. You've heard me say that all month. God is light. God is what? God is what? God is what? That's right. God is light. God is light. Okay. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We've talked about spiritual darkness all month long. We talked last week specifically about uh, the consequences of living in spiritual darkness. How, uh, and I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there are benefits to living in the light and walking in close fellowship with God. But there's also consequences when we make the choice to say, I want to live in spiritual darkness, okay? And the Bible says in verse 6, it says, So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay? Cleanses us from all sin. Man, there is power when we make the decision to have fellowship with God, young people. It really is. There's, there's power when we make the decision to say, I'm going to live in the light. I make the decision, Lord, to live for you every single day. Okay? There's power in that, okay? There is so much power in that. Now, here's the thing. Why is fellowship with God so important? Well, we've talked about this just to kind of give us a recap. The reason why it's so important because Jesus paid a very bloody price so that we could live in the light with God, okay? We were all lost in spiritual darkness at one point. We were all separated from God, okay? But because Jesus came, and gave his life at the cross, now we can go from darkness to light, okay? Because Jesus came, now we can go from darkness to light. And that's why it's important that we make the choice to have fellowship with God. But here's the problem in our world today, all right? Here's the ultimate problem. So many people claim to have fellowship with God, but they're living in spiritual darkness. And here's the thing that we talked about last week. The devil would love for us all to be living in spiritual darkness, the devil wants each and every one of you, myself included, to not be living in the light. He wants us all to be living in spiritual darkness. Because if we're living in spiritual darkness, that's his domain, that's his territory, okay? That's where he wants us. But God sent Jesus into this world so we would not have to live in spiritual darkness, so that we could live in the light, so that we could walk in close fellowship with God, all right? And there was a guy in the Bible, we talked about him this month, Enoch, his, his uh, story is found in the book of Genesis. For 300 years, he lived in the light. The Bible says for 300 years, 300 straight years, he woke up and chose to walk in close fellowship with God. In other words, he woke up and chose to live in close fellowship with God. That is, that is amazing to me. Like, I don't even know how else to explain it, but like, I look at that as an inspiration, I mean, you're talking about someone who lived on this earth for 300 years, who faced so many things just like you and I do. But no matter what, he made the choice to say, you know what? 
I'm going to make the consistent and constant decision to live in the light, and I'm going to walk in close fellowship with God. And the Bible says that one day, that as he was walking with God and as he was living in the light, God just took him straight to heaven, all right? The man never experienced death, okay? Now, here's the thing. God wants us to live in the light. He wants us to have close fellowship with him. But here's the cool thing about God. He gives each and every one of us the choice, period. You all have the choice. You can say, all right, I accept that truth, and I choose to live in the light. Cool. Or you can say, that's not for me. I want to live in spiritual darkness. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I ain't really made a choice. Yes, you have. By not making a choice, you're making a choice. Okay? If you haven't made the choice to say, I want to go all in with Jesus and live in the light, you've made your choice by staying in spiritual darkness. And what does the Bible say? There's many people who think and claim they're living in the light, but the reality is they're lying, they're lost in spiritual darkness. Okay? My desire for you is to make the decision to live in the light. Live in close fellowship with God. Week one and two, we talked about there are benefits when we make the decision to say, I want to live in close fellowship with God. There are so many benefits. I only shared four, but there's tons more when we make the decision to live our lives in the light and walk in close fellowship with God. All right. So many more. Okay. So, so many benefits. However, we also talked about how there's consequences when we make the choice to not live in the light. And there's consequences when we make the choice to want to live apart from God in spiritual darkness. We talked about that last week. All right. The last two weeks we've talked about that. Last week we specifically talked about uh, certain, certain things, certain weaknesses. Uh, two weeks ago we talked about weaknesses um, that we have. And then last week we talked about you know, some consequences that we face. And uh, one of those consequences is the one that I really want to talk about as we close out tonight, okay? I really want to focus on this part of one of the things we talked about last week. Last week, we talked a little bit about one of the consequences when we make the choice to go to not live in the light, to not have close fellowship with God. One of the consequences is your identity gets all messed up. And listen to me. I want everyone to look at me for a second. Right here, please. Whether you believe in the devil or not, he is real. Okay? Now, he's not how Hollywood makes him out to look with horns and all that sort of stuff. Believe it or not, the devil was an angel at one point who rebelled against God and was cast out of heaven. Okay? So that's why he's known as a fallen angel. And the reality is, he is sole purpose is to see to it that we never live in the light and walk in close fellowship with God. He wants us. His purpose is for all of us to live in spiritual darkness. Okay? Now, here's the thing. You make the choice to live in spiritual darkness. That's his domain. That's his territory, like I said earlier. And one of the things that he goes after hardcore, especially in you teenagers, is your identity. And I'm going to tell you right now, your generation has never been hit like any generations I've ever seen before. The devil has launched a full-out war against your generation's identity. Okay? Full-out war. And I'm going to be honest with you. Your generation, it's getting its butt kicked by the devil. Just standing there, taking it. Letting him mess with your generation's identity. 
Your generation is so confused on who they are right now. Let's be honest. They are. You ever heard this saying? I'm pretty sure you have. I identify as fill in the blank. It's a popular saying in your generation and in our world today. The devil has got your generation's minds so twisted up on their identity that they don't even know what or who they are no more. Now they're saying, now you have teenagers your age who were born as boys, born as young men, and now are saying, God made a mistake. I should have been a woman. And they're changing their gender and changing their identity in the process. All right? Now you can't even call a young man a young man no more. Because I identify as blah, 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 blah. Your generation, okay, in all honesty, is getting its butt kicked by the devil when it comes to identity. When it comes to your identity, your generation is taking it the worst. And I'm not going to lie, I worry for your generation as you continue to grow up. Because as you continue to grow up, if you don't take a stand, okay, If you don't take a stand and make a decision to say, I choose to live in the light, your generation and their identity is going to be all over the place, okay? Now, by definition, identity means this. Our world defines identity as who you are, okay? Our world defines identity as who you are. So, for example, our world, uh, for example, let's just say, uh, uh, for me, we'll just use me as an example, okay? Uh, When I was a teenager... I thought I was an athlete. Like, that was what I identified myself as. I definitely wasn't a student because uh, I was, you looked at the report card, that was not what I identified as was a good student, okay, at all, all right? But I thought my identity was I was an athlete, specifically a basketball athlete. Like, that's what I identified myself as. That is who I thought who I was, okay? That is who I thought who I was. And there's nothing wrong with that. We got athletes in here. I think it's fantastic that you guys are athletes. Uh, Maybe you're a student. Maybe you're a singer. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe whatever it is that you, you know, I did think your identity is, our world defines it as who you are. But the problem is this. When you put so much of your identity in what you think who you are first, what happens when you lose that? For example, I'm 39 years old. Okay, I'm about to be 40 this summer. Don't you say a word, young lady. I'm not even looking your direction, but don't you say a word. All right? <laughs> be 40 this summer. Okay? Before, I haven't picked up a basketball in years. All right? It's been a long time. I'll be honest with you. Now, don't get it twisted. I'll take anybody in 2K, but... Uh, <laughs> I haven't picked up a personal I haven't picked up a real basketball in a long time a long time ago when I was 17 years old um, basketball I let it go and I'll never forget as a teenager I wrestled with my identity my whole life up until that point I was like this is who I am I'm a basketball player I'm not a student this is who I am basketball is all I know Okay, get home from church on Sunday, I'm watching the NBA. Saturdays are dedicated to NCAA basketball. Throughout the week, I knew who was playing when. I had my favorite basketball players, Michael Jordan, Reggie Miller, Allen Iverson, Sean Kemp. I mean, these people you probably don't know. Well, you better know MJ at least. But, I mean, 
this was like my life, my identity was wrapped up in this for so many years. And then just like that, it was gone from me. And I wrestled with, who am I now? Who am I? I don't know who I am no more. And I struggled with this for so, so long. And here's what I see with a lot of teenagers. This is the same concept. Okay? This is why we encourage you, whatever it is that you do, do it all for the glory of God. Okay? Because when this is gone, and one day it will be gone. Okay? All right? Then what? So many teenagers I see, they're wrapped up, they think their identity is just in who they are. Okay? But here's the thing, you will never know who you are, don't miss this, okay? You will never know who you are until you know whose you are. Okay, I'm going to say that slowly because I feel like that just went over everybody's head. You will never know who you are until you know whose you are. Because when you know whose you are, when you know whose you are, then you will know who you are. When you realize that you belong to God first and that he created you and that he appointed you, he, he put everything, he knit you together perfectly. When you know whose you are, then you will turn to him and say, Lord, who am I? Who do you want me to be on this earth? Basketball was just a part of my life. This is really who I am now. This is who God always wanted me to be. Okay? And I'm telling you, God has so much more than you could even fathom for your life, young people. But you'll never know who you truly are until you first accept whose you are. And I'm going to tell you right now, listen to me. You'll never know whose you are if you're constantly stuck in spiritual darkness. When you come to the light, though, you've accepted the fact, hey, I belong to God. I've been adopted into his family. I know whose I am. And now that I know whose I am, I know who God has called and created me to be. Now, you know what the difference is? Now you live with purpose. Now you're not just coasting through life, just trying to figure it out. This is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to do. What am I going to do now? No. Now you understand I do have purpose in life. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a mistake. God created me specifically. I know my identity and the devil ain't going to change my identity. And he's not going to get in my mind and mess with my identity. Why? Because I know whose I am. And because I know who I belong to, I know who I am and what he's called me and created me to be. <coughs> See the difference? Major difference. Now, in case you didn't know this, the Bible is filled with so many things that God says about you. So maybe you're here today and be like, man, I've wrestled with so many things in my mind. I want to give you some scripture that God says about you. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. You need to say that to yourself. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. 1 John 3, 1 says, see how very much our Father loves us, for He calls us His children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to the world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. You are a child of God, young person. You belong to God first. P 
period. Okay? You are a child of God. Before your parents were ever brought into this world, God knew you. He foresaw you. He knew exactly how you were going to look. Okay? Because you are a child of God. And again, when you know whose you are, you are a child of God. Man, he will show you who you truly are. Let me tell you something. Some of you limit yourself. You limit yourself in this life, even as a teenager, because you have no idea that you belong to God first. You think this is who I am. But man, the day you tap into the fact and believe that say I belong to God first, I'm a child of God, man, he will show you your purpose and your and your and why he put you here in this earth. You are a child of God. You are wonderfully made. You are wonderfully made. I want to tell every young lady in here, there's not a mistake on you one bit. Not one mistake. There's not one flaw on you. Okay? When God put you together and crafted you, you were wonderfully made. Fellas, the same with you. God didn't make a mistake with you. Maybe you looked in the middle and be like, God, I wish I looked like... No, no, no. You are wonderfully made exactly how God created you. And I understand because as a teenager, there's peer pressure to try to look like so-and-so and look like so-and-so. In your generation, you have this right in front of you that's, that's, that's like, oh, I need to look like her. I need to look like him because that's what's, you know, that's how I'll get recognition and stuff like that. Now, listen, let me tell you something. You are wonderfully made exactly how God put you together. Scripture says it like this in Psalms 139, 14. It says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you, when was the last time you praised God because of the way he made you? Or let me ask you this. Have you ever praised God for the way he's made you? Have you ever just sang with joy, lifted your hands in worship and said, thank you, God, for making me the way that I am today? When's the last time you did that or if ever? Scripture says that the psalmist David says, he said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Man, you are wonderfully made, young person. Not a mistake on you. God created you perfectly just the way he wanted you to be. Yeah, exactly how he always wanted you to be. So don't be so hard on yourself. It, it breaks my heart when I see teenagers like, especially young ladies who starve themselves, who uh, force themselves to throw up, do all that kind of stuff just because they're trying to look like somebody they saw on TV, movies, or on their phone screen. You're wonderfully made just the way you are. And don't let anybody tell you differently. Not a boy, not your friend at school, and fellas, don't let a girl tell you anything differently. You are wonderfully made. And that's what the Bible says. That's what God says about you. You're a child of God. You're wonderfully made. And you are his masterpiece. I love that, man. You're God's masterpiece. A masterpiece. A masterpiece. And y'all ever seen a masterpiece? Like, they got paintings in, like, different parts of the world that are worth millions of dollars, right? And they're considered masterpieces, Okay. Or maybe like, like our wedding cake. Like when me and my wife got married, we had two wedding cakes. One, one that was supposed to be both of ours, but it was really hers. It was like the nice fancy one. That thing was a masterpiece when they brought it. And then there was mine. 
All right, you knew which one was mine because it was a cookie cake and it had Ninja Turtles all over it. It was a masterpiece, man. There were masterpieces. There was, it was so nice, I didn't even want to touch it. That, that's when you know it's like, okay, this is real. I didn't even want to cut into it because it was a masterpiece, right? You are a masterpiece. The Bible says this in Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. Some of you just need to look in the mirror every morning and say, I'm God's masterpiece. Man, if you, if, oh my gosh, if you understood that, you would walk confidently everywhere you go. You'd walk with your head high. You'd walk confidently into every room. You would, I mean, you would just, it would just change your whole attitude and everything. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God's had plans for you since a long time because you're his masterpiece. I don't care what anybody has said to you. Maybe you've had a parent who has said some very mean and ugly things to you. I'm sorry that's happened to you if that's really happened to you. Maybe they've verbally abused you or maybe you've had a brother or sister who's done that. So once you know you're God's masterpiece. Okay, you're God's masterpiece. All right. You are God's masterpiece. You're a child of God. You're wonderfully made. You are his masterpiece. Okay? You are more than a conqueror. The Bible says in Romans 8.37, Yet amid all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Because of Jesus, you're more than a conqueror in this life. You're more than a conqueror. You're also an overcomer. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 through 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You are an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror, and you're an overcomer. You know, we talked a few weeks ago about our weaknesses, remember? What is something that we struggle with? What is a weakness of ours? It could be pornography. It could be uh, masturbation. It could be looking at different pictures on social media. It could be looking at inappropriate videos on social media. It could be, it could be uh, hatred. It could be uh, you have a, a dirty mouth. You like to cuss a lot when no one's around. It could be multiple of things, okay? What is your weakness? And you're like, man, I can't get over this weakness. Yes, you can. You're more than a conqueror, and you are an overcomer. The devil would love for you to believe that, oh, I'm always going to be stuck this way. That's a lie. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Right? So you are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer because of Jesus. You need to know that about yourself that is a promise from the bible you are a child of god you are wonderfully made you are his masterpiece you are more than a conqueror you are an overcomer and you are set apart i want you to understand something in the old testament okay the bible is broken up into two sections the old testament and the new testament in the old testament from the very beginning god was very very clear with his people israel that they were not to associate mix or live amongst people who did not believe in him, who were living a life full of sin. Because he knew his people, if they did, they would get caught up in the same thing. 
God has always from the beginning wanted us people who believe in him to live set apart. Always. He's always wanted that for us. Okay? Again, darkness and light cannot coexist. So if you make the decision to live in the light, you are set apart. Okay? You're set apart. The Bible says it like this in 1 Peter 2.9. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God called you from the darkness to the wonderful light. You are set apart. You're not like everybody else. You're not supposed to live like everybody else. You're not supposed to behave like everybody else. You're different, okay? True story, there was a, a season in my life, I was working overnight at Freedom Fitness, and uh, I'll never forget, I was like cleaning one day, I was like throwing out trash one night. Freedom Fitness was a gym here in Lubbock. Uh, it's not here no more, but it used to be a, like a, a fitness gym in Lubbock, like, kind of like a True Fit or Body Works, if you know those places. Um, and I was working one night, and I was throwing the trash, and had my headphones on, and I was, I was listening to the Bible. And I'll never forget, there was a, a guy that, uh, that was like, hey man, why are you how can you be so happy? Like, you work overnight, and I'm seeing you here, like, I always see you throwing the trash, and you're always, like, smiling, and what the heck? And he was like, what are you listening to? And I was like, I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually listening to the Bible. I'm listening to the Bible. And he was like, that makes a lot of sense why you're the way that you are. See, when you're set apart, people can tell. People can tell that you're different. Right. People can tell that you're different at school. They can tell that you're different. All right. Your family, maybe you have cousins and relatives your age. They can see the difference. OK, they know you're different because you are set apart. You are chosen. You are royalty. OK, you're God's very own possession. OK, you are loved. Scripture says you are loved. Jeremiah 31 3 says long ago, the Lord said long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love. I have drawn you to myself. You are loved, teenager. You're loved. Your generation likes to look for love in all the wrong places. Like, seriously. And I get it because I was I was a teenager, too. Uh, so I understand but let, I'm going to be honest with you. You look for love in all the wrong places and you think you know what true love is, but you have no idea what true love is. You have your own idea in your mind what love is because of what you see on TV or what you see, what some influencer shows you on social media, right? And the reality is when you understand that you are loved by God because you are his, it changes how you see love forever. Like, I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious about that. Again, Jeremiah 31, 3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. You're loved. And lastly, you are bold. You know, your generation, even though it's a little interesting, a little different from my generation, obviously, which was not that long ago. 
But y'all are a bold generation. I've never seen, like, y'all will run into malls and shoot videos so that millions of people can see them. You don't care how dumb you look, but as long as you go viral, you're cool with it. Y'all will do things that I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Funny, but ridiculous. Y'all are bold. Y'all will do things and, and y'all will do some wild things. But let me tell you something. When God created you, he created you with the boldness to live for him. I'm amazed that your generation can be bold to do all these things, but when it comes to your faith, you cower in fear because you don't want people to know that you believe in God. And God created you with boldness. The Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 3.12, since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. Man, you were created with boldness to live this out every single day. Live it out every day. You are bold, okay? You are bold. And again, your generation, when it comes to identity, is getting its butt kicked by the devil. You really think the devil wants you to know all that I just told you? Absolutely not. Because when you know that, oh, it changes the game, I'm telling you. Changes the game. Devil don't want you knowing that. And that's why he's launched a full-out attack against your people, you people, you teenagers, your generation, and your identity. Now you can see why. Now you can see it for yourself. The devil doesn't want you to know this. He wants you to be confused up here. He wants you to be lost up here. He wants you to be lost in spiritual darkness. So I say I encourage you, man, make the decision to live in close fellowship with God. Live in the light. Man, because you know who... You will know whose you are, and he will show you who you are, and you will live with purpose every day. You are a child of God. You are wonderfully made. You are his masterpiece. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. You are set apart. You are loved, and you are bold, teenagers. You're all those. That is who you are. Not according to what Carrie says, but what God says. That is really who you are. Walk with confidence as you leave here today. That's really who you are. That's really who you are. I'll close with this. One final thing. You and I were made in the image of God. You and I were made in God's image. Let me tell you something. You know what's so cool? This is so powerful. Oh, man. I'm so excited about sharing this. Please pay attention. Like, I was looking forward to this part. We go back to the very beginning, the creation. Genesis chapter 1, God said, God spoke, right? And the heavens, God spoke, let there be light, light. God spoke, and the waters came. God spoke, God spoke. When God created everything, God spoke, correct? That's what the Bible says. God spoke, God spoke, God spoke. Check this out, this is so, so cool so powerful and then it says that God said let us make man in our image now check this out this is so cool the Bible says that God began to craft man from the dust of the earth he crafted man in his image and then he breathed life and the first man 
God created us by speaking. We're the first thing that God touched when he created. Oh, my God. You realize God could have said. Human beings be made, but he didn't have to, but he didn't want to. He wanted to touch mankind. He wanted to always have a personal relationship. He always wanted to be in close fellowship with us. He always wanted to be hands on with us. And he crafted Adam, the first man. And then he did the same with the first woman. He didn't have to do. He didn't have to, but he did. See, you and I were made in the image of God. He handcrafted us perfectly. Okay. By design. That's the way he wanted us. Again, the Bible says it like this in Genesis 1:27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So listen, that's true. We believe that. Then guess what? He's the only one who gets the right to say who we truly are. Wouldn't you agree? If you were created in the image of God, he's the only one who gets the right to tell you who you truly are. That's right. He's the only one. Okay. And I would say this. Stop letting people say who you are. Stop letting the wrong people speak. This is who you're supposed to be. This is who you're supposed to be. This is who you're supposed to be. All that sort of stuff. Right. Stop letting the wrong people speak that they didn't create you. God did. God created you in his image. Okay. You weren't made in their image. You were created in God's image. You were created in God's image. Young people, as we close out tonight, our series on fellowship, we've made it very, very clear. Hey, you have a choice, darkness or light. You choose to live in spiritual darkness, man, there's consequences. Man, your identity, you'll be a mess. You'll walk around in darkness. You'll stumble um, and you'll live in fear. But you make the choice to say, I want to live in the light. I want to walk in close fellowship with God. Man, so many benefits. So many benefits. Tonight, you, will le- you learned that one of the benefits is you'll know who you truly are, who you really belong to first, and that's God. And then you will know who you are.